Welcome to episode 46 of the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. Mark Sharon Stevens Slate and I will be talking today about how people fully break free from the addiction and recovery trap. We are the co-authors of the Freedom Model for Addictions, Escape the Treatment and Recovery Trap, and the Freedom Model for the Family. The Freedom Model offers a completely different approach to addiction and a real solution that is individual-centered. We offer two ways to learn the Freedom Model in private one-on-one classes, and that is at our beautiful private St. Jude Retreat or through at-home Freedom Model private instruction, which we do via video conference. You can get information about our retreat at SoberForeverNot.net and about the at-home Freedom Model private instruction program at LeaveAddictionBehind.com. So today, Stephen has a, a really good topic for us to talk about. All right, uh, I want to talk about quitting without recovering. And uh, we're going to try to make a case for abstinence here today. And uh, when I say quitting without recovering, um, there's this idea. People, many people associate quitting and recovery as synonyms. They, they, yes. You know, like that they mean the same thing. And of course, you know, millions of people do quit taking drugs or alcohol without ever doing anything that they call or think of as recovering from a disease, without ever engaging in support group meetings or some kind of activities meant to keep addiction away. They just quit. Yeah, I think that most people do. Well, yes. Yeah, most people do it that way. I mean, if you look at the data, that pretty much we all go to, you know, go through a phase. Uh, more than 70% of people go through a phase where they are binge drinkers, like heavy binge drinkers when they're in their early 20s, right? So, I mean, that's what that's what it, the data looks like. And um and and they a lot of heavy binge drinkers qualify as having substance use disorder. Um, and most people just mature out of that. They, they, different things become important. They graduate from college, they fall in love, they start having children, um, they get a career, and, and it just doesn't fit their lifestyle anymore, yeah. the heavy drinking. And then there are people that go through different phases in their life where for a brief time, heavy drinking is appealing to them or drug use is appealing to them. And then one day they just decide, you know, it's not really fitting with what I want now, right? And some people go through a lot of struggle. Right. And then without treatment or many years after treatment, then decide, oh, that's I'm going point. to quit this, right? So mm-hmm. it's it, it's people of all stripes, but, so, but some people, and, you know, get the idea that I have this disease and I need to recover from it. So how do we define recovery, Mark? Well, recovery is is anything that ties you, I think, to your to your past and doesn't allow you to move on. Um, that that is uh, fear based, right? I mean, if you're fearful of <clears throat> drinking, and uh, fear is used, I think, to stop you from from drinking and drugging or slowing it down. If that's the tactic, I would call that a recovery model. Yeah, yeah. and that's what we call it. It's a but whole the, lifestyle. But the though. average person thinks of it, yeah. I think, right, it's a whole lifestyle. It's things meant to keep addiction away, supposedly. Right. Yeah, to trigger-free yeah. your life. Like, Addiction-proof yeah. exactly. your life. Yeah, avoid the triggers, right? Change people, places, and things. 
Get support. Isolate yourself from people that uh, take drugs or drink, even socially. Yeah. You know? And uh, eat the right food. Do yoga. Oh, yeah. Get right. regular exercise. Um, take vitamins. Alternative coping mechanisms. Alternative Maybe coping. a sprinkling of relapse prevention classes right. at yes. night. Yeah. Right? And and so what you need to realize is that's a whole... When you say recovery, that's a whole package deal. Yeah. It's it's not like somebody has, you know, you, know, you re- recover from... Uh, hepatitis right and right. you you go through the course of medication and then it's gone yeah and, and you move on you just live your life right, <laughs> right. like <laughs> right. and and right that's that's i, I think that, like, think about that it. that's that's what i think of when i think of recovering from any medical condition is that is that it's done and over with but with this there's this package deal where you're working for the rest of your life and like you said defining your life by addiction and by fear of, yeah. of relapse into addiction. Yeah, that it's going to come back, that it would be like the hepatitis is going to come back. Can you imagine if you got over hepatitis and then every day you went to meetings talking about it? Yeah. Right? And and then defining yourself as a recovering hepatitis victim? Mm-hmm. That, that would, would be, be totally, weird. totally strange. Um, but in, in addiction, that's that's what we that's what we do. Uh, there's a whole... But we don't do it for all addictions. Oh, that's true. We don't. Because you don't go to... When you... You know, if you get a room of 100 people and ask how many people are ex-smokers, yeah, a massive, whole lot of people yeah. are going to raise their hand. That is Stanton's constant little trick that he pulls yeah. when he speaks publicly. <laughs> know, he does that. There's that YouTube video of it. And he's like, well, are you going to meetings for that? <laughs> you know, right? And, yeah, yeah, it's an it's addiction. The, New York State says so. Oh, uh, yeah. Because you see those commercials. <laughs> it is an addiction. <laughs> yeah. Smoking is an addiction. But, <laughs> yeah. So, the, the, the question is, do you have to quit without this? Do you have to have this structure to quit, right? And if you've read the Freedom Model, um, you'll see we show in there, There's and we're not the first ones to say it. Uh, there's no. a ton of research that for, shows... It, for 50 years, there's tons of research. Yeah. yeah. That shows that most people don't, use this structure when they quit. So um, so you can quit without recovery. And all that means is that you figure out what you really want in your life, whether some level of substance use is working for you or not. And you just make that change. Yeah. You figure out if, if oh, well, it'd be, would it be better if I just drank once in a while at a party instead of, you know. Yeah snorting coke at work to keep going or what you know like i don't know i'm trying to think like you know there's there's all these extremes and and you sort of sort out what they're saying do i god i've been using this uh, because i've been stressed out but i'm only getting more stressed out maybe it's not working maybe i won't use it for stress anymore yeah. and 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 just you know and so you make some kind of decision you, you you think through your options what you're really getting out of them and you change now of course this is the process that we're laying out throughout the freedom model and it is in the background what anybody who gets yes. who changes in recovery kind of does without knowing it yeah you know and you see those people mm-hmm. where they're just happy they're not the ones bitching about how hard it is to right. not use right. they 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 like their life not using 
And, um, but some of them stay stuck in recovery and they define their lives by that. Uh, but then there's, you know, but it's not necessary. And then there's all the rest of us that are going in recovery. And, uh, you know, I just actually, I was just writing about this in a, in a new chapter. And I said, I wish they would have let me in on the fact that this is all a charade. It's not right. real treatment. They were all pretending to have a disease and pretending to be treated for it because I wasted four years yeah. or five years. Well, I say four because the first year, I'm going to say it was shaky, but then I was a believer. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? A real believer. Yeah. And, I, you know, I wasted four years being an unwitting player in this charade. Well, look at I, I, I deal with that with every guest that we have. Um, and it's, it's interesting because they all feel duped. probably totally duped. And they, they, they say to me, I, I can't believe what I'm reading. You know, I can't believe that it's this simple. Now, and I say, well, that's why we say it's easy. But it's only as easy as when you realize that it's a complete charade. That there's there's no part of it that's that's real when it comes to the fundamentals of treatment and what they stand on and what they believe and what they're selling to you in that first orientation class at rehab. It's all bullshit, you know? And and you're and but boy, when you buy in, you are in trouble. I was. And, you know? and think about what, what a lot of people tell me that they're told when they first go to a you know, to their first treatment meeting or, or something like that they're told look to your left look to your right only one of you is going to be sitting there i literally just wrote that in this thing <laughs> we are so on the same page. i just <laughs> added it to that chapter like a half an hour ago. and and like, what's scary about that let me let me jump in what's scary about that is that's a technique to build compliance because what that that's the fear right and what, what happens I is... I want it to be me. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you take a person like myself that is a nonconformist by nature. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Right? And you put them in rehab, which I was. And you, the only way to, to bend me is to scare me to death or tell me the truth. One or the other. You know, if you tell me the truth, I'll probably work with that. And it'll make sense yeah. to me. And I'm willing to work with that, even if it's tough. Um or you're going to have to really scare me with something to the point to where it buckles me. Yeah. And eventually treatment buckled me. And But anyway, so so it builds compliance. So you take somebody like myself and, and they say that to you. And I said, you know what? I'm going to be that guy. I'm yeah. going to be that guy. But then they started selling me with things I couldn't believe. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no. Did I no. have to do that yeah. to be that guy? I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm <laughs> not doing this. Let's go back. To what you said, though, like that you really have to accept that it's entirely a charade, a charade. Yes. That's what quitting without recovery means. It means you look at the whole ball of wax and you say, really, wait a minute. There, And this is the most simple statement that there is. There's no such thing as a disease of addiction. So you can't recover from it. And there's no treatment for it. Then you can't treat it. You can't treat a non-existent illness you and, can pretend to right but you can't really do it and then we're going to quali- we're going to qualify that with one thing and that is and this is not addiction but when you have withdrawal which is toxicity when you have poisoned yourself right you may need to be depoisoned or detoxified that's a medical condition that is not being compelled as a result of Drinking or using yeah, a substance. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That you may need treatment for, but it's a separate thing. It's just like the hepatitis. 
You get hepatitis from sharing needles. Right. Right. Hepatitis is need, real. You might need treatment for that. It might have been caused by the drug use, but it is not drug use. That's right. The it's drug the same, use is not compelled. Right. right. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so what does that mean in practice? It means you look at yourself and you say, is this making me happy enough? When you go on a, a drug or alcohol binge and you really regret it, and you're really, God, that got miserable. Mm. Yeah. You say to yourself, is there another way I want to spend my time? Is, is that the way I want to do it? Now, nobody likes this because it's not, I mean, people do end up liking it, but, yeah. but the treatment crowd, the recovering crowd doesn't like this because in recovery, you can say, okay, well, I'm going to meetings and you can say, oh, wow, yep. I'm trying these coping techniques. Uh, they're not working good enough, so I ended up drinking last night. And you can do all this busy work. And we're saying, give up the busy work and really, really face the question. Um, and I know there are going to be listeners that hear this and don't like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I know there are. But there's going to be some that will be like, thank you for putting it to me so straight. You know, it's funny because one of the things about a cult like Alcoholics Anonymous is they say that it's, it's there's only one solution and that's AA and AA pushes that whole paradigm because they want to have a corner on the market. I get that. Um, and I had a guy say, well, you're saying the freedom model is the only answer. And, and I said, not the freedom model. No. But am I saying that you, your mind is the only answer? Yep. No yep. matter what no, you do. No, yeah. no, that's right. No matter what you do, the answer lies inside of you. So, um, I, we're the only model that's giving you the answer, which is you, right? And yeah. We're handing it right to you. We're letting go and we're saying, enjoy yeah. your life and move on. You know, we're giving you knowledge to, for your mind to use, apply, and then you get to be free. Um, you don't have to be, but you're the answer. You are the answer. And any modality that says that the answer to your addiction is outside of you is full of shit. Yeah. Yes. It's there in the meeting that's or right. it's, it's a in sponsor. the counselor. That's right. Maybe I can get a better counselor. Maybe I get that really, really, the sponsor that's got 30 sponsees. Yeah. He's got something. Yeah. Right. You know? That it's out there or that it's in methadone or whatever else. And, and it's not. It's not outside of you in any of those things. It is in you. And, you know, we always tell people, you can do this without us. <laughs> yes. I have always told that to people yeah, when I right. meet with them on a consultation. Yeah, I, know. I was actually told today in class, she's like, it's so refreshing. Because I told her a story of someone who had called us wanting to come back. <laughs> and we had one conversation and she was like, you're right, I don't need to come back. <laughs> I'm totally fine. She said, you had said... A similar story where you were like, why do you want to come back? <laughs> no, you know, she's like, no place else would do that. Every place else would be like, oh, yes, come, yes. let's run your insurance. Let's yeah. come on in, you know. No insurance, yeah. what's your credit card? <laughs> but yeah, so the point is, it's in your hands. So, but, but still, you may feel stuck going forward. Yes. And that, so... Actually, that'll bring me to the second topic that we wanted to talk about today, which is making a case for abstinence. You haven't been able to make the case in your own mind that, that quitting would really be a happier option for you at this point, if you're struggling, right? right. I mean, that's yeah. what's going on. You might think it's better, but better is deceiving. Better yes. is about what we're supposed to be doing. 
It's better is I won't get cirrhosis five years I won't have these consequences. I, I won't go to violate probation and go to jail, right? Better, better is that my mom will be happy, right? Mm-hmm. But will you be happier? You need to make that case. And um, I think I made that case to myself. Um, oh, well, man. or Stan, or uh, Clayton kind of helped me with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's like, look, what have you been doing all this time? Is it getting boring, right? Would you be happier making a change? I think if you do X, Y, and Z, you know, you get out there, like you've been all alone, get out and get involved with people, you know. And try the things that you have. goals, yeah. do the yeah. things you wanted to do. I think you would be happier. Are you willing to try that for one year, right? So I was convinced that it was worth trying abstinence for one year. And uh, if it didn't work, I would go back and be shooting up all day long. <laughs> that was my... No, so but I had that out there. <laughs> but but it was but it was a deal to see. Hey, can I go do this? And so I had the. It was like, a, it was like one part inspiration, right, from him and some other people seeing that they were now happier. The other part was go test the yeah, watch, run the experiment. Like, run the experiment, do it, and I. And I got there. It was, and it didn't yeah. take the year. There's a couple of there's a couple of small points I want to make here that are important. One is, if you're a new subscriber, you you may be thinking, "Oh God, is this an abstinence program, right? right. Only?" And we're not. We're not. Yeah. I raised this issue because I think a lot of people think we're, we're all moderate. about moderation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if you're a newbie um, to what we do, uh, we don't push any modality. We push you making a choice, whether it's moderate use or abstinence or continued heavy use. We're, we're open to all those options. But, but people tend to think because we're different, we're a moderation advocate. And we're not that or abstinence-based. But for now, let's talk about this abstinence. And you brought up something that if you have been to a lot of treatment also, what Steve said, you might think it's like treatment. A lot of times, counselors will say, try it on for a year. The difference here is the second part of what Steve said. At a treatment center, they'll say, just try abstinence for a year. That's a common thing they say. I was told that, you know, and because if you don't, you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Jails, right. institutions, right. death. Yeah. So, 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 and, so the motive and becomes... And Clayton said nothing like that. that. That's nothing. exactly right. I want to make the di- real clean distinction between those two things because if you're a treatment goer and you've been down the path that some of us have been... You've heard that it might have put the cackles up, like, "Oh God, are they are they just pushing absence for a year?" What we're saying is, try something different. Go out and live your life. If you know, and we're telling you that the answer is you, that you really can do this. Try it, try it, because you can do it. You can just stop if it's the happier option. Now, if it, it's if it's a super struggle, this even this concept scares you, or you think, "Oh God." I don't think I could even stop for a day. If you're at that point, read the whole book or give us a call because you're going to have to have a whole bunch of other stuff that's moved out of the way before you make this decision. Um, But I can tell you, I made the decision to abstain in December 10th, 1988, and I was in the midst of the worst bender of my life. 
I was completely hosed mentally. I was just in a really bad place and I stopped. My life didn't get better for a little while, but the idea that it could get better was enough for me to stop and never go back and I abstained for 20 years. And my life did improve eventually and I kicked ass. I mean, Mm -hmm. I really changed. I, the reason I tell that story is because abstinence may be difficult at first, but the abstinence part, I guess, really wasn't for me. It mm-hmm. was, life was just a little bit life tough. Life was hard. Because, because I dug a hole, yeah. you know? And when I abstained and I'm looking at this dark hole I was in, I said, what is abstinence going to be for me? And for me, it was, I looked up and saw the light. And the light was, I can get out of this hole. I can really be a successful smart man. I can. Now, I wasn't in the hole. I wasn't smart. I wasn't successful. I was a mess. Yeah. But I, I, the light that I looked up at was, I, can, I want that more than anything, more than drinking another fifth of vodka. I want that. Yeah. And, and I did. Now, I crawled I out of that hole. When you're young, like we were, right? Yeah. I was, I was older than you. <laughs> Yeah, you were an I, old man. I was like an old man. But we were like I'm, 25. And I don't yeah, know. I was turning 26. <laughs> Ooh. And, uh, but, no, there's a big difference between 26 and, oh, yeah. and, and 19. 19. Yeah, yeah, there is. But, but when you're young, um, I think you, you hit on something like, I want to be this person. And I thought about that, too. I thought about my dad. Because I really, yeah, as you know, I really admire my dad. Yeah. And um, I want to... I want to be that guy. Yeah. Not him exactly. No. Like, I didn't he represented. Want to be his, yeah, I didn't want to be in his business. I worked in his business all my life, and I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as who he was as a person, I was like, I want to be that, and I can be that. You know, that that was part of the package of, of deciding to quit for a while and see if things could start moving in that direction. Right, so there has to be some incentive. Yeah, it has to be in your mind. Yeah, tell tell your experience. For me, it was my mom. I I was not the person that I thought she would be proud of, and so when I stopped, um, it was it was also at the deepest, darkest time in my (laughs) life, and and I it was either for me I was contemplating suicide. I felt like there was nothing to live for. Um, and, and there was no, nothing even really happened. Like all I thought was this, there has to be something better. Yeah. It's gotta be better than getting, uh, than getting hammered every day. Like <laughs> from morning till night at that point, I had spent like six months drinking all day, every day. Yeah. And, and I, and it was awful and boring and I felt crappy all the time. And, and I'm just like, this just isn't, it's not helping. Like I came to the conclusion that's, that it's, Without even knowing it, that it's not making me happy anymore, and it was for a long time. It did make me happy for a long time. Yeah. So, so I thought, no, I'm ready to change. I'm ready to be the person that my mom will be proud of, and that was my goal. I'm so so. I decided I would be abstinent for a period of time, and for me, it was twenty years. Yeah. yeah. For me, it was five years, and then moderation. Yeah. Um, We're all moderate drinkers now. You guys. <laughs> You guys are both like I was in my deepest darkest place. I had been in a deep dark place for five six years. You know what I mean? Five years. I you had a lot more stamina than we did. You know, it was just it. There was no. It was no more ex- like in a way like yeah. You were devastating. 
when I quit as it was, you know, five years before when I was homeless for a little while. Yeah. You know I, mean? I call that, I call that the hot, hazy sickness. <laughs> you're like in the hot, hazy sickness where you're just, the melees of every day just sucks. But <laughs> the thing I can definitely say is in that all of those five years of going back and forth to methadone and detox and yeah. counseling and everything is that I never thought quitting would be better. Yeah. Right. Well, that, and, is, that and, is always it. And as sort of like m- my personal case for abstinence was not that big. It was maybe I can be better. Maybe I can be more productive and follow my dreams. Maybe I could be like my dad. Maybe I don't need this shit. It wasn't very complicated. And like yours wasn't very complicated. Nope. It was, I, I, it's can, something's got to be, be better than yeah, this. Yeah, something's got to be better than this. I can be a better person. But I think sometimes people think those things, and but then there's there never becomes any specificity. There be, never becomes any action on it. And I think in both the moments you're describing, there was really deep belief in that statement, that mm-hmm. thought yeah, of... Yeah. Something's yeah. got to be better. I can be better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was. I can remember. It's funny because for me, so much was, <clears throat> so much was symbolic. For instance, immediately I went out and got a haircut. I hadn't had a haircut at that point in like a year, two years, and I had this long, scraggly hair. And I, I said, I went out. I got my haircut, and I quit smoking, and I, I started running and. Start just for me. It was like I'm gonna be a different person. I started doing things. I started actually doing things to to dig myself out of the hole. Yeah. And and I had a vision in my mind. And like you, I looked up to my dad. He was an upstanding guy. He was a successful businessman. People knew him. And I was this nobody. You know, I hated the fact that I was unseen. I was like this small, insignificant, lonely kid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not going to grow up to be that. I, I have to get out of this town, you know. So, um, and that vision and doing those things, I immediately started to feel better. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can do this. You know, I really can have the life of my dreams. And I just kept believing that because my dad did. He came from Europe from World War II, lived through hell, came out of that, was a successful guy in a different country, you know. If he could yeah. do it, I could do it. You know, so there was... I think we all had a vision, and I see it over and over with our guests. I, you get guys who are highly successful. They have yachts. They come to our retreat. They're bored with drinking. They've they, Their careers essentially are over, right? They're maybe 70. They just don't know what's next, and so we build. They're not in a hole. Mm-hmm. They're just drinking because they don't know what else the hell to do. Yeah. You know, and then I say, well, why don't you try abstaining or moderating or whatever? And why don't you just do some other things? Now, we, we get very specific with it. And a year later, they call and they're freaking happy doing something they never thought they would be doing. Maybe running another business. Maybe not. Maybe just being with the grandkids, which they weren't doing when they're sitting in the easy chair in the back of the lounge drunk. Yeah. You know? So it really is about being happy in your circumstances, whatever they might be. The key for me, the the... When I'm like talking to somebody and I'm and we're talking about abstinence, what are the benefits of abstinence in a period of time abstinent? It is 
realizing because for me I went to alcohol for everything mm-hmm. I went to drugs for everything and it's going through life events without it yes it's it's proving yes. to myself yeah, that I, I don't need it to be happier I don't need it to deal with my problems I don't need it to celebrate um I I in 20 years I've pretty much I mean I got married I had kids I watched my kids grow up. I mean, I did all of that stuff abstinent. Yeah. And and I can remember one specific situation where I was with your sister and the kids were little. I the, the kids were like preschool toddler age and they were driving me insane. <laughs> I mean, I had boys, and they were fighting and climbing and breaking bones and crazy things. And I and I said to Mark's sister, "What did you do?" Because her kids were older than mine. What did you do? Like, how did you not go crazy? She goes, "I drank a lot." <laughs> and, and I, I like stopped for a minute, and I went, "Oh God, that's right." I go, "Did that help?" She goes. No. <laughs> yeah. I can well, testify to that. <laughs> no, no, she ended up with us when her kids were that age. So I was like, okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So I was like, no, I don't, I don't think I need that. Um, yeah. <laughs> that will, so this is what it's made up of it. And like you go forward and you like, what I want to say is there's a value. What you were just saying, I just want to sum it up is that there's a value. In going forth, not using it at all. Yes. Because you're not turning to it as some kind of crutch. As so, so like as a I'm, solution, right? I'm taking this crutch away so that I can learn to walk on my two legs. Yes. If you're if if you're struggling with moderation sometimes, it's because you're still trying to use the substance as a crutch. Yes. Yeah. You don't just want it as a little treat here and there. It is somehow... It's meaningful. You meaningfully necessary to you in yeah. your mind. Yeah. Yes. So the, the biggest case I could make for abstinence is if that's where you are, where this is such a struggle, then you say to yourself, I'm going to learn how to go through the highs and the lows and all of it without this substance. And, 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 you know, break yourself of this need, which the need is entirely mental. It's, it's, yes. it's entirely yeah. psychological. Right. It's not a real need. You've convinced yourself that you need this thing. And now you're going to convince yourself that you don't need it. And then we have some ways to help start that process, which is to say, let's show you what it really does with stress and anxiety right? yep. and other negative emotions. Let's show you what it really does with pleasure, right? Is it really the most pleasurable thing on earth? Let's show you what it really does with, you know, lowered inhibitions where people think they need a drink or something to transform and to be so let's really critically look at that and say maybe there's not so much there to lose. And you can move forward and learn how to exist without it. So that's the best case I can make. And I would also add, you don't have, from the way we're approaching things, you do not have to abstain for life. No. Nobody here is telling you you need to abstain at all, never mind for life. But it could be a really great short-term thing. There's more reasons you could make for it, health and all the other crap that we already know about. But I think the clearest one is break yourself of that this weird connection to it connection yeah yeah that's a yeah. good way to put it connection yeah and and the last thing is you may you may use you've talked about a lot of reasons why people use you may use just because you're afraid of withdrawal 
I know people that, that really there's no other thing tying them to the drug anymore. And the answer to that is incredibly simple, and that is get yourself into a detox and get off of it medically safe. That's all. Just That's go. It. Just go. Get just it done. It's a simple and, medical and, process. And then you can abstain and move on with your life as if it never was. A, it was just a temporary spot in your life. But don't waste a, another day. Don't waste another. And just go to a detox. Get it done. It's it's at max seven days of discomfort. I mean, you could literally have a cold and feel the same way as the yeah. flu. Yeah, I mean, my God, flu, right. you survived that. Everybody, every listener out there has survived that. Yes. Probably yeah. multiples of times. So you certainly can at a detox center where half the time they're going to knock your ass out anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, you can move past withdrawal too. I think we've covered these topics adequately today. Thank you so much for listening. If you or someone you know is seeking help for a substance use problem or other habitual behavior or want help breaking free and moving past recovery as well, you can reach us at 888-424-2626 or through our websites, thefreedommodel.org, leaveaddictionbehind.com, and soberforever.net. At thefreedommodel.org, we offer a bunch of free resources and information, including videos, podcasts, and eBooks. Digital editions of our books, The Freedom Model for Addictions and The Freedom Model for the Family are available. You can get a digital download for free um, by going to thefreedommodel.org forward slash products, enter coupon code FREEDOM100 for The Freedom Model for Addictions and FAMILY100 for The Freedom Model for the Family. Um, Follow us on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and subscribe to our Freedom Model YouTube channel. We have three Facebook groups for people to discuss their experiences breaking free from addiction and recovery. They are the Freedom Model group, Moving Beyond Addiction and Recovery, and Families Moving Beyond Addiction and Recovery. And there are some great Leaving AA deprogramming groups on Facebook as well. Um, Also, if you need detox, which Mark just discussed, um, we recommend uh, you contact our friends at Gallus Detox Centers, um, and you can find them at gallusdetox.com. That's G-A-L-L-U-S detox.com. From everyone here at the St. Jude Retreat and the Freedom Model, we wish you well. Until next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.